Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Rick Stroud, I'm in a cranky mood for this podcast, and it had to do with Tuesday night's Rays game, and I'm not really sure why I'm so sour, but maybe over the next little bit you can help me get through it. Think so? Maybe? I don't know. I hope. Come lay on my couch. I'll I'll talk some (laughs) sense into you because, once again, you're on the wrong side of the argument. I don't know. I don't feel that I am. Hey, everybody, this is the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support so far. Continue to find us just about everywhere you can find your podcast, including iTunes. We're up on iTunes, so subscribe to our podcast. You can also find us, of course, at tampabay.com. So, Rick, give me a second to sort of set this thing up, and uh, and this is why I'm in such a, a crummy mood. And if, just give me, just bear with me for just a minute here because I want it to be known that I've, I've written this on Twitter. I've written columns. You and I used to talk about this on a radio show together. I don't care who wins any game. I don't care who wins. The Rays can win every game. Lose every game, Bucks, Lightning, Florida, Florida State. I don't care. Win every game, lose every game. Doesn't matter to me. I have no emotional investment in any game that I watch, any game that I cover. I don't care who wins or loses. I also let me say this: I don't blame people for not going to games. If you don't want to buy a ticket to a game, I don't. It's your money. You earn your own money. And I'm not going to tell you how to spend it. If you don't want to go to the games, don't go to the games. That's fine. Now, I think you forfeit your right to complain if you, if the team leaves and you had the money and you chose not to go. But otherwise, spend your money the way you see fit. And finally, I will say this, Rick. If you buy a ticket to a game, that gives you the right to root for whoever you want. And if you go to a game and you want to boost somebody, as long as you're not being vulgar, as long as you're not being the distraction to everybody around you, that's fine. You can still boo. You can do whatever you want because you earn that right by buying that ticket. Having said that, you and I were both at the Cubs-Rays game Tuesday night at Tropicana Field. There were 25,000 people there. I would say a good 18,000 of them, I would guess, were Cubs diehard fans. They were loud. They cheered. As far as I can tell, they weren't vulgar. And it annoyed me. And I don't know why it annoyed me, Rick. Explain why I'm annoyed by this, because people can buy whatever ticket they want, and they can root for whoever they want, and I don't care who wins or loses, and I didn't care who won or lost that game, but it bugged me that there were so many Cubs fans there. I don't know what would bug you about it. I mean, we, we've, we've lived this, um, whether it's Yankee fan, Red Sox fan, you know, going to Emily Arena, Detroit Red Wing fan. I mean, this is sort of what the area is, but... Aside from tonight, like, I mean, we're used to it with AL East teams and things like that. Look, there was every reason in the world for that that stadium to be filled with Cub fans. Every reason. Um, I can list them if you'd like. I think this was more expected and, I don't know, maybe if I was a Rays fan, wouldn't be accepted as readily. But, I mean, who's annoyed? The 7,000 that normally go to Tropicana Field in Rays uniforms? I mean, look, Joe Madden was back. This was mm-hmm. Joe's night. 
Um, the Chicago Cubs are a National League team. They haven't been to Tampa at that at that Tropicana Field since 2008, when Lou Pinella was coaching the Rays, was coaching right. the Cubs, and Madden was coaching the Rays. Um, they're the World Series champions. Okay, they, they have a tremendous baseball team with young stars that you see everywhere and all the time. And you know, we're the story of, I don't know maybe the last decade at least, you know, winning a World Series after a hundred and something years. And this is a, this has always, the West Coast of Florida has always been sort of a Midwest transplant relocation, more so than the East Coast, which is more, frankly, more Northeast, more New York, more New Jersey, that kind of thing. I, Every, I don't, it didn't every, bother me at all. I mean, bo- I, I would I have been why. shocked. I would have been shocked had it been anything but a majority of Cub fans because the Rays are going nowhere. They're going to finish 10 games under 500. And people stopped going, I don't know, would they have a crowd of like 8,000 a couple weeks ago? Yeah. No, and tonight or Tuesday night was the second largest crowd since opening night. And you know who annoyed me? Chris who? Archer. Well, Chris, Chris Archer, Archer annoyed me. After the game, had a comment. Having 25,000 Cub fans here wasn't very fun either. Yeah, what is that like when you're on the mound in your home ballpark and you're hearing Cubs fans cheering? Um, it's weird. I didn't know we had that many people from Chicago, Illinois, Midwest area in Tampa, um, but I guess we do. Um, but uh, it was just weird for um, you know their players to come out and get announced and just get so much love it was it was strange it felt like we were in city field playing the yankees honestly felt very similar to that he's annoyed like everybody else is in who's who's a big Rays fan that it sounded like wrigley field it sounded like it was chicago wrigley field in tampa bay it was full of cubs fans yep and chris archer mopped off about it now i understand where he's coming from i do under i do understand the emotion i get it right but my, and everything you say makes sense. Look, I understand why. Why there were so many Cubs fans there tonight or on Tuesday night. I understand why Joe Madden was a big deal. We all wrote stories about him in the Tampa Bay Times. We were all a part of that. I get that there were a lot of Cubs fans, but it annoys me not just on Tuesday night when all the Cubs fans were there. For some reason, and again, I don't I can't wrap my brain around this because like I said, I don't care who wins or loses these games. But it bugs me when Red Wing fans show up at Emily Arena, when Maple Leaf fans show up in mass, when you go to a Bucks game and it's half the stadium is Bears or Packers fans. I just think it makes Tampa Bay look. It just makes like it the feel bad like it's sport, not a real like, market, like the bad sports market that it is. Say it. No, I I, th- I think it makes us feel. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it's a bad market. Well, like, I, look, I, but I think a, it, it makes us. I think it makes us feel like. I, there aren't too many places that are that are like that. You, you Arizona to, and Tampa Bay. Phoenix, Phoenix Arizona is like, is like that. And Southern California, Los and Angeles why? to an extent. And, yeah, and why? Because, because nobody's just, from no there. No one's from there. They're right. But it right? bothers me. Yeah, no. But it bothers me that you sit in the and you're watching a game and there was a, a home run early in the in the Rays Cubs game hit by the Cubs. Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. yeah the place Schwarber. went berserk, and I understand. It was a bomb, by the way. It was. Oh, it was crushed. That I thing should have had a stewardess on it, man. 
I understand the frustration, though, and it anno- it annoys me. It an- I don't know why it annoys me, Rick. It annoys me. Well, I think it annoys most most Tampa Bay fans, and I know you're not a fan, but if you grew up here like I did, Tom, where are you from? I'm from P- Pennsylvania. I'm from Pittsburgh. It annoys okay. me when Penguin fans take over Amelie Arena. I know, and my mom's from Pennsylvania. My dad's from South Carolina, so neither one of them are from here, but I am. You're, and you're I, a native, yeah. I've, I've experienced this. You know, there was no pro football team. There was no pro sports team. Hell, the Tampa Bay Rowdies were the first act in town. So I've seen the entire area develop into a, quote-unquote, major league area. I mean, we got hockey before we got baseball. Right. <laughs> that's that, that's right. that team's 25 years ago. So it's, it's, it's an odd – it is an odd area in terms of – you know, there's not generations of Tampa Bay sports fans. You got to go back, you know, I mean, literally 1976, right? Mm-hmm. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you want to go a little before that, the Tampa Bay Rowdies. So, I mean, that's that's not many generations. That's maybe two, and that's just that's just where we live, man. That that that's always going to be the case. Now, having said that, I can remember year after year after year where you didn't see very many opposing jerseys at you know Raymond James Stadium you just didn't they mm-hmm. sold 65,000 you know they had waiting right. list right allegedly right so this is a land of we follow winners we follow winners and if our team's not winning when i say our team if you live in tampa right. Right. then you root for the team that was your birth team and sometimes you root for them when they come to town even though you're really a rays fan it's weird and I would bet you that there's probably a, a number of people that like the Rays, follow the Rays, an American League team, but they're big Cub fans, man. And I'm, I'm not asking anybody to give up their allegiances. If you grew up in Chicago and you grew up a Cubs fan and you're now 40 years old and you've been a Cubs fan since you were three years old and your dad and your grandfather are all Cubs fans and you moved to Tampa Bay, I don't expect you to suddenly like, okay, I'm now a Rays fan and I'm going to root against the Cubs. I totally get the fact that you're going to keep the allegiances to your team. I think here's another thing that I think bugs me a little bit, Rick, is and I and I'm I don't have no scientific numbers to back me up on this. I, this is just gut feeling instinct on my part, but I think most of the people who show up for these games between the Rays and the Cubs who are huge Cubs fans don't go any other time of the year. And I have a little bit of a problem with that, particularly if they have the money to spend to go to games and support Major League Baseball in this area. You like to go see the Cubs play here? then I think you should spend some of your money to make sure this team stays supportive and, and you go and you watch the Rays play Kansas City on a Tuesday night but in June. You, just don't you, wait for the Cubs to come to town. You just got done saying you can't tell people how to spend their money. No, no. I But if they have the money to spend and they choose not to, and the only time they show up is because the Cubs are here, I have a little bit of an issue with that. Well, well, again, I mean, you want you don't want to come to the game. That's your business, I suppose. But I, I hate that it's almost like hypocrisy that you're going to show up. Oh, now you're going to come to the game only when your team shows up. Well, you live here. You like Major League Baseball. You like this. You want it to stay. You want well, to see the comes back in three years. Yeah. We'll go to go to a couple other games, too. Well, that sounds great. And I don't think it's going to happen, but it sounds great. And, and those same people may have to go, you know, somewhere else to watch their Cubs play like Miami. Um, in a while because this team may not be here. But this gets into a larger argument about the Tampa Bay Rays itself. Um, You know, I think the Buccaneers are one of the most stable NFL franchises and their ownership seems very committed to being here. And yet, when they're not winning, 
Guess who fills up the lower bowl? It annoys Dirk Cutter to no end. He'll say it all the time. That annoys me. We don't want anybody in the lower bowl well, from the Bears. The, it from, annoys the Bucks so badly, Rick, that they've changed their ticket policy to make right. sure that people who live locally don't sell their tickets to brokers who then turn around and sell those tickets to people who are fans of other teams. And let me and, ask you this. Did the Rays take the money from those Cub fans tonight? Oh, absolutely. Sure no, they absolutely did. Absolutely they did. And Kevin Cash, to his credit, after the game said, look, people want to come to the games. We're just happy to get people in the building. If they want to root for the other team, they I totally get that, he said. He was, and I'll he say this. He handled it the way probably if Chris I'm Archer a prof- if I, I mean, while, while Chris Archer was annoyed, okay, I get that somewhat. But at the end of the day, I'd rather play in front of a crowd, even at Tropicana Field of 25,000, even if 17,000 are rooting for the other team than to play in a mausoleum with 7,000 fans, even if they're wearing Tampa Bay gear, but don't really give a damn. You know, and those are the ones that care because they're there. But it's the atmosphere. If You're an entertainer. You want atmosphere. There was atmosphere there tonight. Absolutely. But don't you think, though, Rick, there's a part of this where if you're Chris Archer and you're out there tonight and you've heard the comments that he, that he had after the game, he was upset that there were so many Cubs fans there. Don't you think deep down he thinks, you know what? Why do I play here? I, I, it would be better to go somewhere else. I, I think playing in front of 7,000 fans is bad, but also playing in front of 25,000 in your ballpark who are giving standing ovations because you just gave up a home run in your ballpark. I think that would irritate a player to the point where he feels like, you know what? I'd rather play somewhere else. If and you know what? It's going to be. I bet it irritated Evan Longoria and BJ Upton. Sure. And all those guys. But you know what they did about it? They won. They won. And and I went to those games and covered some of those games. And I'm just telling you, there were fewer and fewer Yankee fans, fewer and fewer Red Sox fans, more people wearing Rays gear, became the thing to do. They won. Now, we can debate. This gets back to the stadium issue. Is it, is it the stadium or is it winning because they won and nobody came and so it doesn't matter? And that makes it a bad baseball market, even though Joe Madden said today, the next phase of this team for it to move forward has to be moving the stadium across, as he said, the it's pond, a, babe. It's across the pond, babe. Moving forward, I mean, for me, honestly, I think a new building is in order. I think this needs to be put in the right spot. Um, I think uh, a more vibrant um, building that the fans could get to more readily would be very important uh, moving it forward. And just quite frankly, and when I worked here, I couldn't say that because people did not want to hear that. I get People would get upset with me because I said that, but it's just true. And for those that argue against that, that's just a bad argument. It's not, you need a better facility. You need a facility that's more readily available to the general population when they get out from work. You need a place that's more baseball-oriented. You don't need an erector set. You don't need stuff hanging from the ceiling. Hey, did, babe, you got, you got to move it across the pond. Did babe. he mean London or Tampa? Because I'm not. <laughs> I, I think he meant Tampa. Yes, I he did. I think. Right yes. down the street from his restaurant that people will go to on their way to the game. On, on their so, way to the games, yes. Some, somewhere <laughs> right off Bayshore would be nice for him. Exactly, right down the street from his house. But yes. I, I look, I understand, I understand where Joe Madden's coming with that. And we'll talk a little bit about Joe Madden here in a few moments. But as a player, I would be somewhat partially embarrassed and annoyed that I'm playing in front of my home fans and most of the people there are hoping yeah. that I fail. They want the other team to beat me up. And I, I can understand totally where Chris Archer's coming I from. I understand where he's coming from. I just I, I think you have the power to change it somewhat. You know, and, and this was a this was a rare night. But I mean, but I just get look, baseball, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, the attendance thing is tough. 
the NFL is struggling with with the game, the game experience, and who's going mm-hmm. to their games. They moved two teams to LA. USC outdrew them both. Right. Combined. Right. Come on. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of things about who's in what stadium and why they're there. Um, but having said all that, he can't control that. You know what Chris Archer can control is winning. Go out and pitch the way he did tonight. Do that more often. Hope your team scores or gets more than one hit. You know, this is the other thing. You know, the Rays consider and complain about, you know, fans coming to the state. I mean, it's not a good product, Dom. That's not a great product they got. No. It just isn't. I, I mean, you can you can win close to, you know, go close to 500 or 10 games below 500 or, you know, whatever they had, they've lost. And I think it walked out of the building a little bit with Andrew Friedman and Joe Madden. I can't disagree with that. And we just, you know, over the last couple of days, we've been looking back at the history of Joe Madden and what he's done with the Tampa Bay Rays. And he's clearly the best manager they've ever had. They were nothing before he got here, and they're really pretty much nothing since he left. And I don't know how much credit he gets for that, but I do know that he was a big part of that. And certainly Andrew Friedman is an even probably even had more of an impact than Joe Madden did because he's the guy that put this franchise together. I just you know think, who, though, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know who I who I kind of felt for a little bit, and I normally don't. You wrote about him. Yeah, you talked to him, Kevin Cash. I, I mean, there's Kevin- sat Kevin Cash, man. And I talked to Kevin Cash before Tuesday night's game, and the first thing I asked, well, I sort of put him off to the side, and I said, hey, man, I said, uh, everybody's talking about the other guy. How do you feel? He said, oh, look, I get it. Joe's a big deal. He, he was very classy about it, but he, he also was like, look, I don't drink wine, man. Just for the record, <laughs> I can't stand wine. I've had one glass of wine. I said, what do you like to drink? He goes, beer and Jack. And it depends yeah. on how they. You know what? I have a new drink. respect for Kevin Cash tonight because I found out that he's a Jack Daniels guy. And I like him more than I did before that. We were but, talking about Kevin Cash to Joe Madden, and I even asked Joe Madden. Joe, talking to Kevin Cash, he said, you have impeccable timing. Just when things are starting to go a little south here, he'll, you'll shoot him a text. What is your relationship with Kevin? And- we played. I was one of my players at one point, and uh, uh, always, I mean, just he's just a likable guy. He's a very bright guy. We try to get together in the wintertime. Uh, we've been trying to get together for dinner the last couple of years. It just didn't connect, but I've tried to stay in touch. Um, I think he's a really good mind. I think he's very bright. I think he's got a great sense of humor. And the fact that he's as young as he is, he has a really great opportunity to grow into this game. When you manage against him, you can see he's on top of everything absolutely all the time. And when I talk to the other guys, I mean, everybody has a lot of respect for him. So Kevin Cash says that Joe Madden reaches out to him quite often in a text saying basically like hang in there. And Kevin Cash said only Joe Madden can relate to what I'm going through because he was here and he knows the, he didn't say it in these words, but it's sort of like he knows like the limitations of the organization and, and sort of what he's the landscape of the, of the area and, and, and yeah. things like Tuesday night when half the fans are cup fans. It's sort of well, like being a former president in that, that respect. Well, there you, know? you go. But he, but Joe Madden made a point that I, that I started to make earlier in the night. And it was that, Joe Madden was 52 years old when he became a manager for the first time. And he had spent 25 years either as a minor league manager or a bench coach or a third base coach in the Angels system. 25 years sort of learning how to be a big league manager. Kevin Cash was 37 years old and never had been a manager at any level when he was hired. And as Joe Madden said, he's sort of learning. He's cutting his teeth for in front of the whole world to see. And he's doing it with a team that doesn't have a great payroll. He said, I don't even think I could have done that, which I was kind of impressed at 
Joe Madden recognized. Now, look, nobody cares at the end of the day. You either win or lose. It's a great op- it's look. A- I mean, Kevin Cash said yes. Okay. I mean, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, he does the job. Sure. And they gave him the job, and and so yeah, maybe maybe yeah, he's gonna have to go through some some bad experiences at the major league level. But they think you're bright enough to do it, and you got to be a quick study. I think it's harder though. I think the next guy that follows Kevin Cash will have an easier time of it. I don't know why. I just think Joe's because you're not I mean, following Joe Madden. You're not following right. Joe Madden. It's it's like it's kind of like yeah, you you want to be the guy who follows the legend. The guy after the guy, yeah. Right, right. You're the guy after the guy, right, right. And that's what. And I don't know that Kevin Cash is ever going to get to where Joe Madden did. And I don't know that if, if Joe Madden, we talked about this on, on one of our earlier podcasts, I don't know if, if Joe Madden were the manager, they'd be any better than they are now. I don't. Maybe they'd win two or three more games. I don't think they'd win 10 more games with Joe Madden with this exact same roster. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But what did you think of Joe's sort of return and the reaction that it's hard to tell what kind of reaction he got because there were so many Cub fans there, but well, I didn't hear any booze or any like negative reaction to it. First of all, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly, I mean, look, I, I appreciate what the Rays did with the little video montage, which I don't know, lasted maybe two and a half, three minutes. Yeah. But it was kind of weird too. It was like, here's goofy Joe. Here's Joe with a boa constrictors. Here's Joe with a penguin. Here's Joe in his dress up days. And that's kind of who he was. Like, I get it. But I didn't, you know, there wasn't any dog piles after they won the ALCS. There wasn't like a lot of Joe winning things. You know, it's kind of, I, I, and I don't know. I was sitting next to somebody, they go, they were like, is that it? You know, I, I look, I, I applaud the race for acknowledging the guy coming back and thanks for the memories. And I think Joe was moved by the reception he got. And he got a good reception. And of course, 18,000 of it was from Cubs fans. But there were probably a lot of them there that were here when Joe was manager of the Rays. It was just odd to me. It was, it was, um, I don't know what I expected. There was no announcement. There was no like, and the Rays, welcome back. Joe, Matt, you know, there was no PA. In right, fact, right. They, they played some, I forget the song, you know, wasn't the way we were or anything, but, um, <laughs> or, or, or Titanic, you know, it would have been good if, like, you know, you're here. theme from Titanic. I want to hear more of the song, yeah. It was, yeah. It, look, I thought that, I I thought that it was a nice, it was a nice video montage. They couldn't do, they couldn't do a whole lot because they were sort of confined by that in between innings. You know, oh, rushing, hey, I didn't in. know, I didn't know there was a rule that you can only do welcome back between innings, like before the game wow. doesn't count. They could have done it before. I kept game, waiting I before the so race. So you're not criticizing the, the race for not doing enough. Yeah, a little the guy bit. Who, for the guy who jilted them, the guy who walked out the door. <laughs> I would have said good riddance and showed a guy getting kicked in the butt on the way out. Yeah. Wow, I, I. You know me. I kind of dispute the whole left them on the lurch deal. I mean, I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he was pushed or he jumped, but that nobody was, you know, throwing him a parachute either, except the golden one that he got from Chicago. 
Um, anyway, it, you know what I, the other thought I had about, about tonight was, you know, I kind of talked to, uh, one of our colleagues, Martin Finley, but he's like, is there ever going to be a time? And we debate this with the bucks too. Is there, and I, I actually think there will be, but is there ever going to be a time when you look back and you go, yeah, uh, it got better than that. Or it got that way again. You know what I mean? Like, no. will there ever be a, a moment in Rays baseball, in our lifetime anyway, or until they're in Montreal or Las Vegas? Somebody said today, too, by the way, they're going to be the Las Vegas Rays, R-A-I-S-E. I thought that was pretty uh, clever. That is pretty good. You know? I don't think it is. I don't think it'll ever be that good again. I, I And it's not because of Kevin Cash or Joe Madden or anything. I just don't know that, Rick, that they'll ever spend the money that it's going to take to – compete with the teams that that you know but that's an owner that's an ownership thing right i mean that's it's an, an ownership, ownership thing it's an ownership thing and i think they caught lightning in a bottle i think they just had to it was sort of a perfect storm of the of the right mix of young guys and they brought in a couple of veterans who really fit in well you know guys like garakinski and um cliff and floyd cliff floyd right and then you had sort of james shields and david price and all these guys were coming up together and Again, like I said, it was almost like a perfect storm. I don't know that that'll ever happen again. And the other thing, teams, we've seen teams go thirty years, forty years without making oh, the playoffs, or you know, the Indians went a long time. Yeah. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates were on a long drought, so it, it's possible we we could be eighty years old and never see the Rays back in the playoffs again. Joe made a good point too that when you know the Rays uh, started to win. And, and compete against big market teams that spend a lot of money, especially in the American League East, their edge was their innovation. Their edge was the willingness to not follow the book, the conventional way, um, the shifts and the analytics that they used and, you know, those sort of things. And now all of baseball pretty much took that playbook and said, okay, we'll, we'll do that too. And it, it kind of erased their edge. It was right. the thing they did to make up for the fact that, you know, they didn't pay a lot of money to anybody. Yeah, um, but and, and it'll, it'll well, not, like I said, I, I don't do you think they'll ever like, see it again? I, I don't know. Like, again, is a long time. I, like I would say, I, I don't know that, you know, in my conscious days, <laughs> they will um, if they remain here uh, under this ownership. I think I think a couple things like because I was looking at this team tonight and I think, Tom, I think they got to rip it up. I, I mean, you know what? You know the Bucks kind of went through this for a few years too. It's like, and I know baseball is different than football because football is is made if you suck and you just follow the plan, you'll mm-hmm. get better, right? You got to yeah, really yeah. like they, try they, to they, continue they to stay it. down. Right. They make they everything's make revenue sharing, and and the worst teams get the best draft picks, and you got Who can help free, immediately, right? You got free agency. Everybody has to spend the same money. I get that. It's not. I'm not comparing. But from the standpoint of when the Rays were good, the last time. They had young players they drafted and developed, and they came to the major leagues as young players. Some became superstars, but they developed them, and they were Tampa Bay's players. Now it just seems like they're kind of, you know, eh, we got one, we got Kevin Kiermaier, 33rd-round pick. You know, I mean, you look around that infield, you look, I mean, Longoria is, I mean, do you realize that Evan Longoria, since he hit for the cycle on August 1st, has hit one home run? One, Right. And he's an aging player. Archer we've talked about. I don't know that Chris Archer is ever going to be an ace for this team or any other team. I mean, is it time? 
you know, you have some guys like like Bauer in the minor leagues and Willie Adames, you know, and, and I like Hechevarria. I don't know that I'd want to see him go. But my point is, oh, it's there, time by the way, home. A, there was a Matt Duffy si- uh, sighting. Apparently, he's going to play no. in an instructional league game coming up. Apparently, he dove oh, for a geez. ball the other day, and they practically what? had a parade. Yeah, he dove for a ball in a, in a practice or something, and, and they basically had a parade after the game because they were so excited that Matt Duffy would die for a baseball. This guy missed a whole I mean, year. A whole year. Is it just one? Because it feels like two. Well, is it just one? He, well, Did he yeah. do anything <laughs> when he came on the trade? I mean, he how many games has like he a, played for the race? Uh... Less than fifteen, <laughs> I would say less than fifteen. Yeah, I think I'm. I think you're right. I think I think I'm right about that. And but, we're assuming that when he is healthy, he's going to be any kind of a ball player again. No, and after sitting out a year and and uh, maybe not being 100 percent ever again, I don't know. Yeah, who's, that's who's the plan. Say? That's the well, plan. How do, I don't even know how Duffy. you begin to tear this thing up, though, Rick. I don't know. I'm, I don't well, know I do. Logan, I don't. I don't know that Logan Morrison comes back again. I don't know that. Well, no, he's a free agent. He's not coming back. I mean, you got right. Wilson Ramos for at least another year or two, right? The catching looks okay with Sucre and him. Um, okay. You got Kiermaier's locked up. Well, no, it looked the guys that just won in Durham. I think that was a mistake. I think the Kiermaier signing was a mistake. I think it's way too much money. Although he made another spectacular play Tuesday night. He hustles. He gets on. I get all that, but he's a 250 hitter. You know, he can't lead off. He can't bunt. I, it's, wow! It's good, I'm not, I'm just saying throwing shade paying, at KK. No, no, they're paying him like he's their best or second best player, and he needs to be. If you're going to be any good, what is or well, that? Okay, so how how far down the line is he than second? Well, he or probably third is best. their second best player. But if he is your second best player, you're not that great. That's why I, I just I, told I you. That way. I used to I just feel told that you way. that. No, I know you're right. I used to feel that way about, for instance, Carl Crawford. Like Carl Crawford could not be your best player or second best player. Carl Crawford had to be your fourth or fifth best player. And when they were going to the World Series and winning playoff games, he was their third or fourth best player. He That's wasn't right. their best player. And I know that they, they, I think they tried to make a commitment with Kevin Kiermaier. And I know the analytics say he's very good and he wins a lot more games. It's about run George prevention, George not great. accumulation. His, his war is great and all that. And, and people who study these things. And the Rays certainly do uh, say he's a great player, but I, I just boy, that's a lot of money, and I think it, ha- it hamstrings them about what else they can do. And you're right, who who's their best player technically by payroll and all that? It's Evan Longoria. And not anymore. Let's face it, he's not there. He's on the downside of his career. He's not going to get better at this point. The days of him hitting, like if we were ever hoping he was going to hit 35 home runs again, no, that'll never. I'm happen shocked again. he hit 30 last year. Yeah, based on what he's done this year. Would and you go to Evan Longoria and say, hey, babe, if you got another year or two and you want to go play somewhere, we're all willing to let you go if we can get some well, prospects for you? I, don't, I mean, are you going to give up a lot for uh, Evan Longoria if you're the no. I'm trying to think of a team that, that might be that interested ship in Evan Longoria? Like the, I'm not, the, uh, yeah, you probably Red couldn't Sox get anything Yankees, Like the Yankees could use a third baseman, but are they going to give you probably not. a trade? You know, that's the what I'm babe saying. Is, I know I this is heresy. Be, my point is, I don't even know how you. I'm talking about the up. babe. I'm talking about trading the babe. What the hell am I thinking? Sorry, because folks. You're talking about tearing it up. You're talking about ripping this. Well, thing up. I don't think there's any. Look, I I really don't think there's a player that you would say nope, 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 nope. Can't trade him. Really, I mean, they have. To, I mean, it all gets back to what kind of organization you are, how you draft and develop, and maybe the Durham Bulls winning the beating the International League team tonight is the biggest sign that there's you know the Calvary's coming. But 
that's sort of what you have to be as an organization, especially a small market one like this. And I also think it helps that the fans follow me here a little bit. Like, you know, the Marlins had two World Series champions and what? They tore them up and no, no one comes to games. I, ju- I just think that it helps if you have your own players. I think the Bucks went through that for a number of years. And again, football, baseball, I get it. But now, you know, they've had four drafts. And the core of their team is young. And they're good. And the people like them because they're decent people, it would seem. Or they're dynamic leaders or what have you. I think as you grow, as you become a fan of a team, it helps to not have to get a scorecard every spring and say, now where did this guy come from again? Logan who? So we got Lomo and we got Longo? Like, I just think it would help, you know? I don't know. I look out there and I don't know, I don't know, you know, what pieces you would want to keep off that ball club, really. And that's the situation that they're in now where I don't they're sort of stuck in the middle. They sort of have to go with the plan that they that they have right now. You have to ride it out with the Corey Dickersons and and Evan Longoria and Kevin Kiermeyer. Those are gonna be your players until maybe someday Matt Duffy does get it back and, and Willie Adamas, but they, they they make these moves, and this is all they can do, where you bring in these guys and hope that they have big years. And, and it works some years. Like Brad Miller came in a year ago and out of nowhere hit 30 homers. So you say, okay, I guess we'll, we'll, we find we found our guy in Brad Miller. So you bring him back, and now you're stuck with and him. He's got seven and he, homers, and he's hitting a buck eight. He's got seven, he's, he's hitting a buck eight, and he can't play. You can't put him anywhere in the field because he's a, he's a sieve. And next thing well, you know. Well, that was a bad plan. But, but that's what they do, and they're locked into Brad Miller. It's not like if the Yankees had Brad Miller and he did that, well, yeah. you just get rid of him and go out and trade for another See, guy. See, that tells me that you can't make mistakes. You can't afford to. You so can you're, never you're, can make, right. And you're better off. the current leadership and the current front office has not so far shown to, to have the abilities that Andrew Friedman had. Andrew Friedman didn't miss very often. And right. they drafted well. And that's the other thing, too, Rick. If you look at this, they haven't drafted well. No, they haven't. And that, That's where it starts, long, if, man. If you're going to be a bad team, you have to draft well. And they just had yeah. that, that one year where they had 1,000 picks in the first four rounds or whatever I it was. covered that draft. And, and it missed turned, all it, of, on, on all, all Yeah, they had like four in the first round. I mean, they had, I don't know how many in the top 60. It was ridiculous. That They had to call me in to cover that draft because there were so many picks. And they didn't hit on on virtually any of them, so I don't know. It starts there, like, hey, find somebody that can recognize talent and draft it. Well, until then, it was, it was a weird night. It was a weird. Yeah, it, it was it was a weird night to be I'll there. It's going to be it's going to be weird again on Wednesday night, and there are going to be a lot of other fans from there, and we're going to see it. Uh, I yeah. think I think we're always going to see it in Tampa Bay uh, until they get a new stadium. <laughs> Even when they get a new stadium. Rick, you and I were at the Rays-Cubs game on Tuesday night, but the Tampa Bay Lightning opened their preseason schedule with a 2-1 to loss to the Carolina Hurricanes. We weren't there, but like, like I mentioned, but I heard there were like 500 penalties in that game. They're, the NHL, they do this every year. They crack down on something, and this year I guess it's slashing. They're going to try to cut down on So get used to that. A, a Points of emphasis, right? Yeah. yeah, right, right, yeah. Parade to the penalty was... box. For uh, for the next uh, month, usually. I think it was the same crew that actually officiated the USF football game last week, and when they threw twenty six flags, <laughs> and they, first, they just put it on <laughs> skates. Really? Twenty six in the first half. We talked about that. Did you talk to? Uh, you didn't talk to. Did you talk to Lovey at all before he came into town? No, don't go leading the charge. <laughs> no, I did not. 
actually um martin did martin fenley a columnist for us at the tampa bay times and he was on a call or a video call. i don't know what it, what the hell it was but they had something and um he was asked about you know the box and he's like, now martin you know what i'm not what i'm gonna say about that i'm not gonna talk about anything i got lots of friends in tampa i still own a house that half for 25 years martin so it wasn't a bad you know, football team. He's got a bad football team there, and I don't. He's got know, a young. Know. He's got a really young football team. I I think Lovey's um, edge right now is that when he goes to recruit, he tells these eighteen year olds, "You can start with for me tomorrow," and they do. They I think they had like I don't know seven or eight true freshmen starting on defense, which is crazy. That's but I don't uh, know. I don't I don't understand what he's doing. Why he just? I mean, Illinois is a tough Do what sell. you want. It's I I don't know. How Why is he doing it? You're kidding me, right? Why? Is it for the money? That he needs the uh, money at this point. I don't know that he needs it, but you know, Marianne and and I mean, look, it's a um, he got paid by the Bucks. They could have offset what he's making at at Illinois. He's a football coach. What would you do if you're a football coach and you can't coach, Tom? What would you, you do if they told you you couldn't write columns tomorrow? If I had enough money to go away, I'd sit at home and watch Judge Judy <laughs> and cops all day long. That's I, I like. That's my dream life anyway. <laughs> You and me are the only bad football team. Like the only two people I know that's like, oh no, man, I do this for free. Like I don't know what I do if I retired. I had to. I do. I'm with you. If I hit the lot, everybody always says, "Oh, you'd get bored." No, I wouldn't. No, as long as there's a show that, as long as Spike is still showing cops every day in jail, and I can watch (laughs) Judge Judy. I'm doing that. That's all I could. I if there was this TV station showed nothing but cops, Judge Judy, and America's Funniest Home Videos and Law and Order. You know, there is a pl- there is a place for life. There is a place where you can sit around and eat really three squares a day and do everything you just said. It's called prison. So if, you could you could, could go Judge there. Judy. Yeah, Judge Judy. Oh I'll yeah, absolutely. Yeah, TV room, minimum security. They only like Work a half release. hour a day, though, right? You can only watch like certain times a day. Uh, Here, I, think I, I want you work TV. something out. Wow. Uh, anyway. anyway, so the, the lightning. But yeah, the lightning. In, yeah. They're back into action again on Wednesday night. They play Carolina again. Also, I wanted to to uh, pass out some well wishes here, Rick. Uh, it it uh, just became known that uh, New Jersey Devils forward Brian Boyle, of course, who used to play in Tampa Bay, has been diagnosed with a form of leukemia. The good news is the team's doctor said that it's a type of leukemia that can be largely treated with medication, and he expects to start the season. Uh, remarkably enough, this guy Brian Boyle. Uh, I said earlier. I said it the early earlier in this podcast. I don't root for teams or anything, but there are people that I root for, and so do you, Rick. I mean, we've known people over the years that we really like. Brian Boyle is a guy I really like. He may be in the top five most cooperative players I've ever dealt with, and truly just gave you gave you his time and and gave you deep answers whenever you asked him uh, a question. So um, certainly hope that that he turns out to. Uh, to be fine after all this, but uh, yeah, it's a hor- horrible story. I, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I, I hope he gets well, but I, I will say from afar because I didn't cover him um, on the ice. That guy, that guy was huge for the Lightning when he came in here from the Rangers. I mean, when there were a lot of people that wanted the Lightning to re-sign him because he was traded last year, of course, to Toronto, yeah. and mm-hmm. he helped Toronto, and and 
help them get into the playoffs. And then he became a free agent. And there were a lot of people who were really hoping that he would return to Tampa Bay. And I think Tampa Bay looked into it, but he was going to get paid a little bit more than I think the Lightning yeah. could have or should have paid a, a third-line guy. But he ended up going to New Jersey, and he has a great family. He has kids. And it just goes to show you, too, he was – they have uh, these physicals to start the season. That's when it was diagnosed. That's how they detected it, yeah. Yeah, he just had another, I think his wife just had another baby, so I think they have a couple of young ones now. And he just mm. thought he was tired from life. That's what he said. I thought I was tired from life. And it uh, turns out to be a little bit more than that. So best wishes uh, go out to Brian Boyle. Meantime, the Tampa Bay Bucks return to practice Wednesday. And I think coming up on our a couple of the, the next podcast, we'll talk a little bit about the schedule starting to look really interesting here, Rick, especially after... Yeah, uh, the Giants look so awful on Monday night. That's a bad football team. Well, their offensive line is horrible. Eli's taking a lot of heat. Usually, that means that you bounce back. You know, those guys have a lot of pride. But having said all that, they've they've got to get going. And you're right. I mean, this game in Minnesota now looms. They're all big, right? But um, you could see the Bucks could almost see their way to being three and zero before they would play with the Patriots on a Thursday night. That would that be would some? create some excitement in the area. Yeah, Holy mackerel. Yeah, so we'll talk to that. Uh, James or Mike Smith will talk on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get his the latest on him. Defense playing really well on uh, in the opening game. So uh, yep. we'll see what Mike Smith has to say and see what Dirk Cutter has to say. And uh, and we'll talk, of course, more about the Bucks as time goes on as they get ready to take on Minnesota on Sunday. So thanks for listening again, everybody. Thanks for your support. Continue to find us uh, just about everywhere you can find podcast uh check us out on itunes and subscribe subscribe to our podcast our thanks to our producer steve versnick and uh rick i'm gonna uh i don't think i'm going back to the trop on wednesday night because i got too aggravated and <laughs> i'm not sure you helped me i'm still a little cranky but yeah. uh, i'm gonna bring my wife from chicago to go watch the cubs tomorrow to uh, you know wednesday night so you know so it'll be one more no i don't know i understand it though all right well uh, we'll see you uh, over at one buck place we'll do Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 